Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Element City Church. Uh, all those of you who are in the room, those of you watching online, thank you. Thank you. I've, I've been working on my hair. I'm just kidding. Um, so glad to have you here. I know uh, a lot of our young adults were kind of on a giant camp out and uh, glad that you're back. We've got other people doing a lot of things. I know springtime in Tucson, there's a lot of places you could be. We are thrilled that you're here and got to see some old friends that are here. And so, uh, but thanks to those of you who are tuning in online as well. So if you're online, uh, we'd love to connect with you. And on the top right of the screen is a connection card. You could fill that out. We'll be able to get back in touch with you and we'll kind of walk with you the next four or five weeks. We know it's kind of strange and kind of hard to connect at new places. And so if you are new here in the room, we would love for you to text the word hello to our text number, which is 520-340-6868. If you just text the word hello to that, a couple other quick texts and we'll be connected and walking with you. And you might even get a surprise a month in. I don't know, I'm just saying. Uh, but if you are new, we'd love to meet you at the 10-minute party, which happens in this back corner right back here, right at the end of the service. I'll be back there. We'd love to hear your story, connect with you a little bit. And we have the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon just for you if you're new. So uh, if you're new, we'd love to, to connect with you there. One of the things I love about our church is the way that we serve. And thank you to all of you who helped us pack food boxes on Friday, every second Friday, uh, right before second Saturday. We give out food boxes to the neighborhood around. Thanks to you for those of you who were there yesterday helping us do that. We ran out of boxes, and so we may even have to increase how many boxes we make. Uh, we know things are challenging right now for folks, and so this is one practical way we can meet needs. So if you're new here or been around here for a little bit and you're looking for a way to serve, Every second Saturday, we're giving away food boxes. It's an easy way to help. Uh, you just show up here at 8.30. We give it out, usually done by 9.30 or so. And uh, we're just helping people with practical needs, trying to pray with folks. So uh, speaking of prayer, we're going to start tonight uh, with praying for Victory Outreach City Church, Pastor Sal. And so if you're here in the room, would you stand up with me? If you're at home, we can't see. So you can stand up if you want. Uh, but we'd love to pray for the Church of the Week. There are hundreds of churches around the city, and there are a million plus people who are not connected into any faith community. And so we need the church, not just our church, to do well. And so we want to pray for the church in our city and for our evening together tonight. Thrilled that you're here. May God bless your socks off as we wrap up a series, as we worship together, as we make our way toward Easter together. So Father, tonight we pray for Victory Outreach City Church and Pastor Sal. God, we ask that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, that, God, you would nurture the leadership within that church. Would you continue to maximize the impact that they can have in the region of the city? Would you continue to raise up the leaders that are needed, to raise up uh, the opportunities for them to be the church in the city? That's the same way that we're praying for us. God, we want to be a church that's not just gathers on Sundays, but scatters to be the church throughout the week. God, the mission field, the, the harvest is plentiful, you said. The workers are few, and so we're praying that you continue to raise up people. God, I pray for those that are watching online, those in the room tonight. As we take a deep breath from the rush of everything that we've been having going on in life, as we pause, as we make our way into Holy Week, and we remember Jesus, that this Palm Sunday, the crowds were cheering, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we can praise. And we want to join that chorus tonight. But God, we also recognize that 
the same people who were cheering began to jeer just a few days later. And this Holy Week, as we remember and as we celebrate Good Friday this Friday, as we gather to reflect and contemplate on Jesus, everything you've done for us, may, may this week be a week that just once again refreshes our hearts to know deep down that we are loved. You proved it. As we put our attention on you tonight, would you inhabit our praise? Would you stir our hearts afresh and anew? Whether we've been curious about you recently or walking with you for lots and lots of years, God, may you stir our hearts afresh and anew tonight, we pray in Jesus' name.
make that our prayer. And oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Jesus, tonight we worship you, we lift you up. On this Palm Sunday, we remember what you did for us. And as we enter into Holy Week, we just remember Jesus, your King. That was the moment when you arrived to Jerusalem to take your throne. And the people expected this political leader and yet you came to do so much more than that. You didn't come to set uh, people free from Roman captivity. You came for a bigger purpose than that. You came to set people free from sin. And the truth is, uh, this is a room full of people who need freedom from that sin, Lord. Uh, you came to break our chains, to set us free. And that's what we remember. And so God, for any person who's here tonight, who's, who's just looking for hope, who's looking for you, would they find you? God, would they uh, just stop long enough to let you find them, really? So many of us just spend so much time running, God, and chasing after things that, that take us away from you. But we wanna be a people tonight who can just take these next few minutes to stop and just to be in your presence and to let your presence overwhelm us and ultimately to be changed because we've met with you. So Jesus, would you be lifted high? Would you be glorified tonight? Would your name be the name that's above every other name? We're not about uh, the name Element City Church. It's not about Jack. It's not about uh, any person who's here on the stage. It's about you, Jesus. That's who we want to point to. That's who we want people to see and to experience tonight. And so if you're up for it, take a moment just to pray for yourself. Ask Jesus to meet you here in this moment tonight. Ask that you could see him on the move in your life. Take a moment to pray for Pastor Jack as he comes to speak. Ask God to anoint him. Ask God to speak through him to you. Our hearts are open and ready to receive what it is that you have for us. We love you. We trust you. We praise you. And we pray all of these things in your precious and in your holy name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. <clears throat> um, as we... 
make our way as we were talking into Holy Week. I just want to invite you again, if you're watching online or here in the room, uh, Good Friday service this this Friday, (laughs) Good Friday, Um, 6.30, it will be unique. It will be a worship night, unplugged style. It will be reflective, contemplative, and so it will be different. It will not be online. It will only be in this room, and and there will be some moments of contemplation, reflection, silence, and, and uh, some video clips, worship, all that kind of stuff, and, and I just invite you to experience, lean into who God is and, and all of what Jesus did for you, and so you're invited, and you can invite friends to come to that, and then next Sunday, Easter, we'll join to celebrate uh, the incredible wonder that is the resurrection and the hope that we have in Jesus. So, um, tonight, we are wrapping up our series called Follow. Uh, which is this invitation Jesus gave that just, hey, follow me. Like, it was simple. It was, like, short, to the point. um, And yet, following Jesus, in a lot of ways, has become convoluted and complicated over the years. And so we've tried our best to to simplify. So I'll do a quick review here in a second. But as we get ready for that, and so if you have the uh, app, you can open up uh, sermon notes and follow along with us there. But what I want you to do is turn to your neighborhood. And if you're at home, turn to the people in your home. Uh, Turn to your neighborhood, two, three people right around. If you could be on any game show, what would it be? You have 30 seconds. If you could be on any game show, what would it be? You have 30 seconds. You have 25 seconds. If you could be on any game show, 10 seconds. All right, five, four, three, two, one, talking, 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 done. Okay, uh, how many of you are smarty pants and you'd like to be on Jeopardy? Yeah, that is no way I could be on Jeopardy. There's no, I couldn't hang with it. Um, how many of you are, would even struggle with Wheel of Fortune? Uh, anyone? But that's the one maybe you'd pick, but you're like, I don't know how many vowels there are. Okay, uh, anyone like the wall? I mean, that was kind of a few years back, like the one where they dropped the, like the balls down, it's a giant wall. Like, I just, LeBron, I, I think he, okay, anyway. Anyone that one? Uh, anyone like old school, press your luck. Anyone? Okay, John, that was yours. Uh, anyone else? D- different game show? Bryce is right, yes, classic. Bob Barker or Drew Carey? Mm, Bob, okay, yeah, okay. Anyway, spay and neuter your pets, people. Okay, um, if, come on, that was a classic Price is Right joke at the end. No one got it, okay. All right, so anyway, it just fell flat. That's all right, I'm going to move on. Um, any other game shows? Oh, which one? Match game, okay. Uh, Let's make a deal, I heard. uh, Another one, let's make a deal. Here's the reality about game shows and about life. No matter what game show it is and the reality about life is you have to make a choice at some point in the game show. Or the reality is in the game of life, we all have to make choices, don't we? You have to make choices along. Now, there are some people who make choices for you, and you get impacted by that, but the, the sum total of our lives, if we're honest, the, the majority of total of that is based on our choices, the, the, the decisions we make and the ramifications of how things play out from that. And tonight, what I want to end with is getting to this place where Jesus has, uh, I think, in John chapter 6, probably the most challenging sermon we see in the gospel accounts that Jesus gives. 
Uh, it's challenging. In fact, you're going to hear it tonight. If you're hearing it for the first time, you're going to go, what in the world is this? And I'll try to unpack it a little bit, but it is one of the most challenging sermons Jesus gives. And it, it really kind of begs this question of what is your choice going to be? What is your decision? And where we'll end with tonight is, I think, one simple question that the Apostle Peter raises that it, is, it behooves us to ask those in times of trouble, in times of transition, in, in times where we're tempted to kind of maybe hit the unfollow button on Jesus. Uh, and this is really the conversation that plays out. So we'll get there. Uh, but as we kind of go there, i just review real quick. This idea of following Jesus is one of my favorite phrases. It's an all-skate. It's for everybody. And it's one of those things that following Jesus is meant for everyone. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you may be here, you may be tuning in online, you may be here in the back row going, listen, I'm just coming back to church. This is my first time in church in like two years, and I'm just trying to figure this out. I don't even know what the spiritual journey is. I just know and I feel like something's missing in my life. And I got to tell you, I am so proud of you for owning your faith and beginning to, to kind of step in a direction. And my prayer, our prayer, is that Jesus would surprise you, that he would meet you. And because for a lot of us who have been surprised by Jesus, been overwhelmed by his love, been overwhelmed by his grace, that's where we were at one point. We couldn't figure it all out. And so it wasn't this idea that I meet some people who say, hey, I got to get my life together before I can begin to follow Jesus. And I want to say, whoa, 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 whoa. No. Um, like, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, the reality is you just start taking a step and following Jesus. This is an all skate. It's for everyone. In fact, if you're a sinner, like, that's part of the prerequisites of being a follower of Jesus. Because he wants to grow in you and grow in me a faith that begins to overwhelm our fear. Because fear is what traps us and holds us back so often. And he wants to grow this kind of faith in us that moves us forward in, in a greater faith and trust in our creator, in, in Father God, and in, in understanding this idea that we can live without fear, that we can live uh, freed up to love people. That love is to be this distinguishing marker that is to mark your life as a follower of Jesus if that's you. And if it's not, then there's work that he still wants to do in you. And that along the way of following Jesus, there will come times where you have to count the cost. And that's part of those choices. That's part of those decisions. Is this worth it? And following Jesus is always worth it. It doesn't mean it's always easy. In fact, there will be challenging moments in that. In fact, we want to continue to pray, God, would you give me a will that says, I want to choose your will over my will, your ways over my ways, more often. And then last week, we kind of summed it all up with this idea that when you're given leadership or, or you have authority that to live as a kingdom kind of leader, and a kingdom leader doesn't make it about themselves. A kingdom leader says, I'm going to use my authority to, to care for the people who are under my authority. I'm going to use my authority, my power, my influence to help the people around me. Because that's what Jesus did, and that's what we remember at Easter. It is Jesus didn't make it about him. He had every right to. And yet he leveraged his life for you and for me, not for himself. And that's what we're going to celebrate on Good Friday. That's what we're leaning into is that his sacrifice, his life, his death, and ultimately his resurrection is what hones us in and pulls us in to be a person who can begin to follow after him. And now, you may not have it all figured out yet, but your, your goal is to take your next step 
That's what it means to follow Jesus, that you just keep taking those steps after him. And, and so that's kind of the quick review. So the story in John chapter 6 comes out of this story in John 5. That How many of you have heard of the feeding of the 5,000, right? If you've heard that story before, uh, there's 5,000 men, so there's other women and children there, so it's more than 5,000 people. Jesus takes these loaves of bread and these little fishes, this little boy's lunchable, and he multiplies it, and he feeds thousands of people, right? How many of you think like a free buffet is an awesome thing, right? It's an awesome thing. You might want to be here in a couple weeks, just saying. Okay, um, so like this idea is an awesome thing. And so this, this is kind of cool that Jesus has done this. In fact, it's so overwhelming to the crowd of people there that they begin to shout, we need to make this guy the king. Jesus needs to be the one in charge, which is a problem when you're not the country in power. See, Rome is in power at the time. And so the Jewish people are saying, listen, uh, we're rallied around this rabbi, this teacher. There's something special about this guy, and we need to make him king. He's the one that's going to overthrow Rome and kind of get them off of our neck. And so they begin to kind of have this little stirring in the crowd. Let's go ahead and make him king. And what does Jesus do? He slips away in a boat and goes to the other side of this lake. And so they wake up the next day, and Jesus isn't there. And this crowd, a lot of them begin searching for him. He winds up on the other side of the lake. You can read the story in John 5 on the way to John 6. And he ends up in Capernaum, and he's at the synagogue there teaching the next day. And so he's there. Some of the crowd has found him eventually. And they begin to kind of prod Jesus a little bit. Let's, let's make you king. Hey, that thing you did the other day when you fed everybody, that was pretty sweet. Let's do it again. And Jesus seizes, uh, kind of seizes this teachable moment. And he says, listen, bread will satisfy you for a little while. You're satisfied for that because it's food for your stomach, but I have a food for you for your soul. And so let me tell you a story. And Jesus goes into this teaching that's pretty challenging. In fact, if you just read through John chapter 6, which we don't have time to do all of that, but I'll start here, verse 26. He says, uh, they begin asking him, hey, uh, when did you get here, Rabbi? Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. That was one of the favorite titles Jesus had for himself. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. On him, Jesus. They said, what is the work of God that he requires? He says very simply, verse 29. The work of God is this, to believe the one that he has sent. God, what do you want me to do? Jesus is just telling you. Here's the work God requires, that you would put your belief, your trust, you would believe in the one that he has sent. Jesus is claiming something here. This isn't just like a little bumper sticker that he's throwing out. Here in John chapter 6, elsewhere you'll see in the gospel accounts, but he'll use the phrase, I am the bread of life. The I am phrase is one that God said to Moses 
when God was saying, Moses, you go deliver my people out of Egypt. Who should I say sent me? You tell them I am. I am who I am has sent you. The greatest deity, the creator of everything, the only God. And here Jesus is claiming deity with that. So Jesus is either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he really is the Lord and who he says he is. You have to decide. You have to make a choice. Much like most of your life and much like most of my life, it comes down to the choices and decisions that we make. And so Jesus is beginning to get prodded a little bit from this crowd. Hey, will you do that again? Will you do that again? We want to see a miracle. Would you prove yourself again? And Jesus says, no, no. See, you just want the miracle. But what I'm telling you is I'm here for a greater purpose. You want to make me king because you think I'm just a miracle worker. But I have better news for you. I'm actually what you need. And if you put your trust in me, your faith in me, it will go a long way to help you. And you will receive from the Lord what you need. And then verse 54. This is where the sermon gets a little crazy. Um, and you just kind of roll with it. Verse 54, he says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood... <laughs> Cannibalism? It, <clears throat> hello. Um, we went from bread. Okay, I'm the bread of life. I've come down from heaven and from the Father. Uh, what's to do the work of God? The work of God is to believe in the one that was sent. Uh, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. Uh, this is where all the little children are being escorted out of the room. Uh, and mamas are like, well, uh, I don't know. See, remember this crowd that was with Jesus was the crowd that's been following Jesus for a long time. See, you have the apostles, the 12, what we call sometimes the disciples. You have the 12 disciples who were kind of the apprentices of Jesus. And then you have this crowd, also called disciples, this large crowd that's been following after Jesus. Because for momentum, three years, this momentum of Jesus' movement has been building. And then he comes to this place where he says, listen, you're going to have to count the cost. We're on our way to Jerusalem, and there's going to come a cost. And it's not just going to be glamour all the time. There's going to be a cost to following me. And so he's beginning to lay this out. And this is the crowd that's beginning to prod and say, Jesus, do more miracles. Jesus, do more. We want to make you king. Prove yourself again and again. And he says, listen, you're missing it. I'm here that you might find life with God through taking me in, all in. And so we look at this and go, well, that's weird. Um, well, it gets weirder. Um, verse 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, let's see, skip down here, verse 54, uh, I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. See, your ancestors ate bread, speaking back to Moses, and the days of manna provided and Jesus drops the bomb. They ate manna and died. I'm the bread of heaven that's come down. If you believe in me, you'll live forever, even though you die. Oh, okay, Jesus. This is this has gotten a little weird. I'm just gonna like step back a little bit. Ever been in a weird moment? 
Um, some of you create weird moments, uh, but like, you ever been in a weird moment where like it's tense and it's awkward and just like, don't you naturally like, it's like that Homer Simpson slipping into the bush. It's like, you just kind of back up a little, you're just giving yourself a little more distance, a little more clear, like I'm not associated with him. And I bet that's actually kind of what's happening in the crowd. That would be my assumption, that some of these disciples are like, hey, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Um, and I almost wonder if, like, James and John, remember last week, James and John were the ones who pulled Jesus aside and listen, we know you're going to be king, you're going to have the corner office, we just want to sit on your left or right, can we ride with you that way? And then the other ten get really ticked off about, hey, this is how you're clamoring for power, and that's why we talked about power is to help the people under you, not just for you, and, and that's what kingdom leadership is about, and, and into this moment, I almost wonder if James and John step forward and they like put their arm around Jesus and be like, hey, uh, we're kind of losing the crowd here and so Matthew, Matthew, why don't you come up and tell some tax collector jokes? Everybody loves tax collector jokes, huh? Okay, and then they pull Jesus aside and they're like, Jesus, I, I don't know if you read the room or not, but uh, kind of tense right here, kind of kind of weird. Let's be honest. Um, and so like we're losing the crowd, and we had the crowd, like the crowd was there. We got the bread and the fish and like all that stuff, and they wanted to make you king. And then you got in a boat, and I don't know why you got in a boat, but like they wanted to make you king. And then they're here, and they want to make you just do another miracle. Why don't you just tell a parable about that father and two sons? That's a good one. You should just tell that one again. Or like talk about love. You love to talk about love. Why don't you just talk about that a little bit? Uh, let's just so when you get back up there, let's just kind of roll with it. We got this, okay? Just don't lose the crowd. I wonder, I don't know if that's what happened, but I wonder, Jesus continues on in his sermon. Verse 60, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept this? Jesus, uh, we like the miracle, Jesus, um, we like the parable, Jesus, good stories. This idea of like, like digesting you, like that's total commitment. Like I can taste something and spit it out, but if I eat something, then like it becomes a part of me. Maybe that's the point. Are you just tasting Jesus and you can spit him out? Maybe in a metaphoric language, Jesus is trying to tie back to the Exodus days. The Father supplied manna for you. I, I'm the new manna, the bread of heaven who's come down, and, and I need you to kind of like take all of me in, and I need you to make it a part of you, not just taste and spit out. This is a hard teaching, Jesus. And then it's crazy. You, you just skip down some of this. He says, does this offend you? And verse 66, which is kind of interesting that it's John 666. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Isn't that the point of what the enemy tries to get us to do? To not follow Jesus? Side note, totally interesting to me. Jesus turns and he looks at his disciples which is crazy when you remember about Jesus, uh, you didn't have to say anything for Jesus to read your mind. That is frightening and really cool, isn't it? 
Jesus turns to his disciples, not just the disciples like crowd, they begin to desert and leave and actually walk away, slip into the bush, and away they begin to go. This is too hard. We can't accept this. I, I don't know what to do with this Jesus. I, I like the parable Jesus. I like the miracle Jesus, but this hard teaching, I don't know. And so they begin to make their choice and hit the unfollow button, and Jesus turns to his disciples, the 12, the apostles, and he says, do you want to leave also? Do you want to leave too? It's almost like he can read their mind, that in, in, at least mentally. You ever have those moments in your walk following Jesus? Because I have. If I'm just honest. There's been those moments where it's like, Jesus, what you're asking me to do is really hard. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I, I don't know if I want to, to take that challenge, to aim my uh, resources that way, to aim my time that way. It just seems kind of hard. And, and so maybe I'll just give a little bit of distance. And this just seems like it's a lot of a challenge. Into this moment, uh, Jesus is speaking. Do you want to leave too? And, and usually Peter, Peter just makes a mess of things often, doesn't he? Don't we love Peter? He's kind of the bumbling disciple in some ways, and yet he's really bold, and that's what we love about it. And, and I wish I was more like Peter. Who doesn't want to walk on water? The other people never got out of the boat. At least he gave it a shot. Um, like, but there's sometimes Peter just says dumb things. We've seen that in the Mount Transfiguration. He just said something dumb. And uh, but into this moment, he's pausing and he's asking this relevancy. And, and the truth is, uh, Peter says something pretty profound here. It gives us some hope. Because I, I think the reality is for all of us, there's going to come moments in life. And, and often they will be around transitions. There will be a transition from middle school to high school, high school to college, college to that first career job. Uh, maybe from singlehood into marriage. And it's usually in those transitions of life where maybe you are a person who is following after Jesus and, and doing that pretty well, and then you move to that new city because this job took you from Atlanta to Tucson or from Tucson to the northeast or to the northwest. And, and you show up, and you're in the scene. You don't know a whole lot of people. And in that moment, uh, see, you grew up going to church. You grew up, this was just a part of what you did. It's, you just followed this, what you did. But now you're in a place where it's that people aren't against it, but they're just not necessarily for it. And so in this transition, there's an opportunity for you to just kind of step back because it just doesn't seem to matter. Or maybe you found yourself in a trouble season and it's a challenge for you and, and, and you've been the one who's praying and you're praying constantly over and over and asking for God to intervene and to help and you just don't see it. God, where are you? And into that trouble season, it's going to come a moment where you'll be tempted to just kind of create a little bit of distance. It might be in temptation moments where you're going to find yourself following Jesus and then you're going to be tempted to kind of say, no, no, see, Jesus, if I were to do that, then that, that costs too much. It just, it brings isolation. It just, it doesn't allow me to have the fun that I want to have, what the world says to have, and so you're going to be tempted to, to choose. 
And maybe in that moment, you're going to be tempted to hit the unfollow button just because it's become too inconvenient or too challenging or too difficult. And it, it's just easier to create a little space. See, I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me. And my hunch is you know what it is for you. But into those moments, whether it's temptation, whether it's trouble seasons and challenges of life, whether it's just you're in a new place and a transition and it's just easier to maybe not be so involved or so active in my faith journey, I'll just create a little bit of distance because it doesn't seem like it matters to the people around me and so why do I need to make the effort? And Jesus is asking this question, maybe to you tonight. Do you want to leave also? I, I think... There comes moments for all of us in those lives where, where Jesus is just asking the penetrating question of which he asked to his disciples, which I bet they were contemplating. Jesus, this is a hard teaching. I, I don't know what to do with this. Like, we had the crowd. They were here. They wanted to make you king, and, and now they're leaving. And I don't know if I want to leave too. I, I don't know. Do you want to leave also? Of which Peter responds in this moment. It's pretty fascinating. Verse 68. Simon Peter answered him. Lord. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe. And to know. That you are the Holy One of God. Jesus don't get me wrong. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. And it'd be really easy just to drift back. But Jesus, there's something. And, and I, don't, I can't fully explain it. But to whom else will we go? That is a fascinating question. Think about it. Every time you're going to find yourself in a temptation to want to drift from Jesus... Every single time you find yourself in a troubled season where it's challenging and difficult and it feels like God's not answering the way that you'd want him to answer and you might find yourself wanting to maybe step, step back and hit the unfollow button or just at least follow from a little more distance or every time that you find yourself in a transition where you're transitioning from one thing or to another and there's gonna, there seems like there's this void and it maybe it doesn't seem to matter that much to the people around you and I don't know if I want it to matter to me and you're going to find yourself tempted to say, I don't know. To whom else will you go? Because just like game shows and just like real life, you have to choose. And you will choose. And I will choose. And what Peter hits in this moment is, Jesus, I may not fully understand everything yet, and I may be questioning, and, and we're certainly losing the crowd, and I don't like that. But I'm asking myself the honest question. To whom else am I going to go? Like if I walk away from you, then I'm automatically walking toward someone or something else. And I've made a survey real quick in my own head. And, and, and Jesus, I don't know if you remember, but remember when we were, where I was a fisherman. And, and you walked by 
and, and you offered like this opportunity for me to like push you out in the boat and you preached a little bit and then you told me to cast the net in the middle of the day, which was dumb. And then I cast the net in the middle of the day and I had the biggest catch of my entire life, enough to feed my family for months and I left it all. Because no one does that. And I don't know who you are. But you're something. And I just had to follow. And I'm trying to get my feet settled underneath me. And I'm trying to get my arms around you. And I'm seeing miracle after miracle. And I'm watching you heal. I watched you raise a dead guy back to life. I have never seen that in my entire life. To whom else am I going to go? Like, yeah, maybe I don't understand all this right now, and I'm challenged by it, but where else am I going to go? Who takes a Lunchable and feeds 15,000 people? Who does that? I don't know anyone, Jesus. I've come to understand that you have the words of life, and I believe that you're the Messiah. You're the Christ You really are the bread of heaven that's come down. And I don't know how to connect the dots all the way yet, but where else am I going to go? If not you, who? And if not this, what? See, many of the people in this room, maybe even you watching online, you've done investigation. Different religions, different thoughts, different philosophies in life. And for some of you have heard your story. You, you walked down that road for a while. Maybe you grew up in church and you're like, ah, I don't know, got challenging in, in a transition or season of trouble. And you kind of hit the unfollow button. You're like, I'm going to put some distance. And you just start walking this other way. And then you get there and you realize how hollow it is. And you're like, just there's something about this Jesus I can't get away from. And I'm confused by him at times. And I'm troubled by him at times. But I'm comforted and I'm challenged in a way that I I can't find anywhere else. And, And maybe the best question we can ask ourselves in moments where we feel like, maybe in that moment, we need to ask what Peter asked. To whom else am I going to go? Where else am I going to go? Like, let me quick do a survey of, of what's available. Okay, I can live the world's way, and I could chase after all the pleasures and, and power of this world, and heck, I did that for 20 years, and it got me nowhere. In fact, it sucked. And I've turned my life over to Jesus, and I'm walking after him, and yeah, there's speed bumps, and there's challenges, and it ain't easy and I have to sacrifice and, and yet there's a fulfillment and a significance that I get with this that I just don't find anywhere else. To whom else? To whom or where are you going to go? In all these moments, there's these questions, this dramatic moment where Peter says, listen, this is the point. Who are you going to follow if you're not going to follow Jesus? Because you will follow somebody or something Everybody does. Everybody makes choices. Everybody makes decisions. Think about this. Do you really think there is anything so satisfying in life that you'd look back and say, I'm so glad I quit following my Savior and the Savior of the world in order to do blank? 
fill in the blank. I'm so glad I hit unfollow on Jesus, the Savior of the world, in order to do X, whatever that is. Because that's really what Peter's saying. To whom else am I going to go? I may not have it all figured out yet, but I've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And I'm just going to ride with you. And if you say we're going to Jerusalem, then I'm going to Jerusalem too. And if we have a crowd, we have a crowd. And if it's just the 12 of us, then it's just the 12 of us. Peter and the disciples in this moment have to make a choice. And friends, that will come for you. For some of you, it's already come. The reality is it will come back around. Because there will always come this decision, I think this question. Are you thinking about leaving also? Nah, I'm not really leaving Jesus. I'm just going to slip back here. Church? I don't need church. Falling like me in a small group accountability? That sounds tough. Like being a disciple, actually falling after Jesus, like learning to apprentice after him and become more like him? Woo! Rather go out every Friday and Saturday. You can still go out every Friday and Saturday. Might want to think about where you're going, but... Like, there's going to come those moments. And this is that moment where Jesus is saying, see, I'm on my way to Jerusalem because I'm choosing to step forward in my power and my authority to leverage my life for you. No greater love has anyone than they lay down their life for their friends. That's where I'm going. I choose you first. That's what Jesus is saying. See, this challenge, this invitation, is to not just make spirituality uh, an accessory to your life. We have a lot of people in our culture, in our context, that make spiritual things or spirituality an accessory to life. I, I do business my way. I add in a little bit of church. I add in a little bit of Jesus. And they have this pluralistic perspective on things. And in the reality, Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I'm going all in for you. And what I'm asking you is will you go all in for me? In two weeks, we're going to have baptisms here. If you're a person who's been on a spiritual journey, if you're watching online, been on the spiritual journey and maybe walked with us the last few weeks and this whole idea of following after Jesus is like, yeah, I, I think I want to do that. Like, I don't know if I know fully what all that means yet, and you've never been baptized. Baptism is this picture of, of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And when Jesus got baptized, he said, listen, I want you to do this. And so for millennial, people have been doing this as a declaration that I'm a follower of Jesus, that I'm remembering that I have my old life, and, and I was buried with Jesus, and I'm raised in his power, his resurrection power, to now live for him, following after him. And I'm just, I guess I'm saying yes to Jesus because he said yes to me and, and he's invited me and that's what baptism is. We'll talk about it more, but like in two weeks, if you've never made that decision, then friends, I guess I'm asking you to choose because you will choose. 
and I will choose. And so have you chosen? That's the question. For those of us who have maybe been walking and following Jesus for a while, you know the reality that it's this daily choice, isn't it? Jesus said, you want to be my disciple, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. This isn't like, you know, Girl Scouts in Disneyland. I mean, this is like, I want you to follow after me. And so, yes, it will be uh, every blessing I have poured out to you and every promise is yours, but I'm going to call you to lay down your life for things and to sacrifice some ways that you'd want to do it and actually to choose to do it the best possible way, which is the way I'll show you to do it. And so it's going to come moments where you have to choose. Are you thinking about leaving, hitting the unfollow button, or are you thinking about stepping forward instead of stepping back? And so each one of us have these moments where we have to make these decisions. And so that's the invitation. Peter's simple question, to whom shall I go? To whom shall we go? Because you have choices. See, remember this. Salvation is free. It costs you nothing. It costs Jesus everything. Following Christ will cost you some things along the way. But refusing to follow Jesus, it could cost you everything. And only you get to make that decision. And so, Father, as we wrap up, as we prepare to worship in one more song, Jesus, you had this difficult, challenging sermons, which we don't have time to fully unpack tonight, but it is this challenge to basically say, hey, the, the work of God that, that you require, God, is for us to believe in the one that you sent, and you sent your son, Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life who's come down, that you might have life, the nourishment of your that would be for you forever and always what holds you. Not based on your merit, not based on your efforts, but based on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection of faith in him alone. And we each come to a moment where we have to choose. And so for some people here, they, they may be at that moment where their, their first decision is tonight, to say, I choose Jesus. And I may not have it all figured out yet, but I want to keep following and keep stepping in his direction. And I remember this Holy Week that he stepped in my direction first. He's the one who came that I might have life with God through faith in him. If that's you tonight, the Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, period. And maybe it's just making that declaration. Jesus, I choose you. You are the Lord. You're the one who was raised that I might find life in you. For others of us been walking with you, there's moments where it's this challenge to say, will you keep following? Where do you want to drift back or, or get off the road and kind of just sit it out for a while? But will you keep stepping forward? So Jesus, you kept stepping forward into this holy week that we remember this week. We thank you that you stepped forward for us. We pray that you'd help us to continue to step forward, even when it's challenging. We want to be a disciple of you, Jesus, an apprentice of you, a follower of you, not just a fan.
the perfect son of God in all his innocence you're walking in the dirt with you and me he knows what a living is he's acquainted with our grief a man of sorrow son of suffering Oh, blood and tears, how can it be that there's a God who weeps and there's a God who bleeds? Oh, praise the one who would reach for me. Hallelujah to the Son of suffering. Are distant and removed, but you chased us down in merciful pursuit. To the sinner, you were grace, and the broken, you embraced. And in the end, the proof is in your wounds. Yes, in the end, the proof is in your wounds. God who weeps, there's a God who bleeds, who prays the one who would reach for me. Hallelujah to the Son of God in heaven, your blood is still speaking, your love is still reaching, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God forever, your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God in heaven. Your blood is still speaking, your love is still reaching. Oh, praise King Jesus, glory to God forever.
join us for worship tonight. Um, if there's somebody here in this room, maybe watching online, and you just, you, you feel like you're ready to give up, don't do it. That's what God has just been putting in my heart tonight. Like, don't give up. Yeah, Jesus might say something that's difficult for you to hear. He might have you in a position right now in a situation that's difficult for you to endure. But here's what I know. This is Holy Week, and when we look at the cross, what do we see? We see that in moments when all hope was lost, when things looked really bleak, and the Son of Man was hanging on a cross, and he was, he was dead, he was crucified. And this man that the disciples followed, that they knew had the words of life for three years, is suddenly gone. They thought they were devastated. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what to do. And then three days later, what happened? He rose again. I'm telling you, you serve a Jesus who is alive. Don't give up. Don't give up, okay? Thanks for partnering with us. For any of you who uh, give with your tithes and your offerings, we just want to thank you for partnering with us. We usually do that. We've got the boxes in the back, those metal boxes. Uh, most people give online as well. So if you uh, are a cheerful giver and that's what you want to do, go for it. If you're like, of course, every church is asking for money. Don't give. That's fine. We're not offended, okay? God loves a cheerful giver. We want you to give cheerfully. Uh, so thank you for those of you uh, who partner with us and do that. A couple things coming up. One, um, we've got the Good Friday service. Jack talked about that at the beginning. If you care about discipleship, if you wanna follow Jesus better and you're struggling in your prayer life or you wanna get better in your prayer life, uh, Friday's gonna challenge you. There will be minutes of silence. There will be times where you're just gonna sit and pray. Uh, but be challenged with us. Let's do that together. That's not going to be online. So for those of you online, you want to be here in person if you want to participate in that. And of course, since Good Friday is Friday, guess what Sunday is? 
Easter Sunday, yay. So we'll uh, be celebrating that next week. Uh, last thing too, the U of A baseball game is coming up on uh, April 29th. Uh, and so we're gonna do a youth fundraiser where you can buy tickets for 10 bucks. Uh, I believe Amy has those back at the Next Steps table. You can also order those in the app and pick them up from Amy. It's kind of like a will call, look at that. We run a professional ticketing business here. Not really, we really don't. So uh, we love to get uh, food afterwards. There's gonna be a, a large group going to La Prea Suiza. That's the one that's on Speedway and Craycroft. So feel free to join us there if you wanna watch me eat way too many chips and eat that hot salsa, the red. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, it's the best. Anyway, 10 minute party's gonna be in the back. Jack's already back there, woot. Go see him if you're brand new. Otherwise, we love you. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you back here Friday or Sunday.